Good morning, Vietnam. What's up, you guys? It's Harrison. I got a new pod out for you. This is with my friend Steve the Ghost Baldwin. He was a former Winston-Salem police officer, and we originally met in the Wilmington comedy scene. I hope you guys enjoy this one. I think we sound good. Yeah, we're good to go. So, yeah. Um, start this out by uh, saying or asking, who is Steve Baldwin? Who is Steve Baldwin? Who is Steve Baldwin? Yeah. Steve Baldwin is a 65-year-old white male, uh, <laughs> aspiring comedian, uh, formerly a hometown Laurel, uh, Maryland, uh, moved from there to Winston-Salem, North Carolina, uh, from there all over the place, ended up in, uh, for lack of a better uh, location, Newburn, North Carolina. Uh, because nobody knows where Arapahoe is, mm-hmm. uh, but it's close to Oriental. Uh, that's where uh, we have with us also uh, Ellen, better known as Queasy. Uh, uh, Queasy is a character based on the, the person of Ellen. Uh, uh, she lives in Oriental, uh, and a lot of people know about Oriental. It's a sailing capital in North Carolina. It's, it's great. Racial slur, but... Yeah, I know. Well, it's okay. Here's that which bring which brings up. I it couldn't happen this year. I've still got a shot at it. I want her to get bitten by a shark. Okay, because here, here's, the way, here's the way it works. You have to get bitten by a shark or at least something comparable in order for it to hit the papers. Okay, so she gets bit by a shark or we have an alligator. So either way, but she gets bit by something that's newsworthy. And on the news, it says, Oriental woman bitten by insert animal. She's now in Newburn Hospital expected to live. Then they have to print the retraction the next day <laughs> that we did not mean it as a racial slur. I think I think they'll word it better, though. I think the first time. Yeah, was, she uh, she actually li- lives in Oriental, yeah. but she's a little old white woman yeah. uh, that got bit by the shark or the, the alligator. I really wanted to. I, here's the thing, because I know we have so much we could talk about. Exactly. Like, there's so much different points. One of the things that I wanted to talk about is you being a Winston-Salem police officer. And we can. We can talk about that if you'd like. And, you know, you talked about, uh, I remember hearing in your thing, you guys caught criminals to, like, one of your biggest busts. And I got to see the rush on your face when you were explaining that to me. Oh, yeah. But one of the things that I've noticed of, like, younger people saying is this phrase, all cops are bastards. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. I didn't know what it was at first. I, I saw it. I was like, you know. So what's yeah. your take on that? Just curiosity. Well, my my my, my thing, uh, the way I look at that is, uh, it, it's no different than it's always been. Uh, there's a bigger a bigger light uh, uh, shown upon it uh, right now because of uh, everybody's got a camera, everybody's got a microphone, and everybody's got a voice. More importantly, everybody's got a voice. I, I think all those things are good. I think all those things are good and they, 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 they really add to or help the profession uh, of police work. I think that they don't deter it. I think body cam should have been around a long time ago That's because nice. I've found that uh, in my experience, body cams, tape recorders, all that stuff, they tend to exonerate good behavior a lot quicker than they do uh, take care of the bad behavior. That, that still takes time, okay? Uh, and there, there's still, I think there, there's ways around it. I think a lot of bad cops would, would, uh, turn their cameras off or mm-hmm. put something over them. There's still going to be bad, bad people. I, I don't think all cops are, are bastards. 
I think that uh, it's like any other job that I worked in. I, I, I came to the uh, police uh, work when I was 38 years old. So it wasn't like I left the military, boom, went right into the uh, the, the, the police department uh, or came out of uh, some school and went. I actually had a life and I'd already uh, I'd already been I'd already been somebody and already earned my way uh, in society and then became a police officer. And I, I think that makes I'm kind of anomaly uh, so far as that goes, because I already I already had self-worth. Mm. And so I, I didn't need uh, being a police officer to be what I what. Uh, 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 identified. I didn't identify with that. I, I In fact, on the street, uh, I insisted everybody call me Steve. Okay, or just Baldwin. I said because I've been a Steve and a Baldwin. That's why I explained. I said I've been a Steve and a Baldwin, just a lot longer than I've been an officer. So I really would feel more comfortable if you call me Steve. And then what that did was that that opened up a dialogue. That opened up like because they try you. Because then it'd be like, Steve, what's up? Mother? Everything's cool. Why? What's up with you? You know, and they go, oh, he didn't get mad. He didn't get upset. He didn't like look at me weird. That is his name. And so I was able to bring to the game uh, kind of a different attitude about it and everything and a, a maturity uh, for the most part that, uh, uh, not that I'm the most mature person, but I was able to bring a level of maturity uh, to, to my part of the job just from the get-go because I was 38 years old. Uh, you knew yourself. Yeah, I knew myself. Yeah, it wasn't like I had to grow up being a police officer. I'd already grown up. I already had a bunch of different jobs. I had failures. I had good things. Uh, and I had already worn the different hats that uh, Shakespeare <laughs> regards. You know, every man, you know, th it, life is a stage and every man wears different hats or whatever. Uh, you take on different roles. And, and so I'd already, I'd already done a lot of stuff before I became a police officer. So, so it was a whole different experience for me. But yeah, I know exactly what they're talking about. And here's, 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 I always ask the firemen, why does everybody love you? You all get a calendar, you know, huh? why am I an asshole? You know, why, why, why am I, you know, the, the, the dirty dog in the whole deal. And, and to, to a man and, 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 and uh, uh, so the women, they, they would, the firefighters, they say, well, cause you give tickets. That's the deal. It's you punish. You, punish. you got to reach a quota. Yeah, we punish. We will see. Here's the other part. There's no quota. There is no quota. There is no quota, but there is. There's no no quota, but there is. There's no quota. It's against the law for your supervisor to uh, tell you that there's a quota. Mm -hmm. That's against the law. But they will tell you, boy, it sure would be nice if you had 100 arrests every month. 100 arrests. That's that's what it, that, you know, that would make me happy. That'd be good. I'm not telling you to do it. I'm just saying, you know, that, that's what kind of like everybody, you know. That's what everyone does. Yeah, that's kind of what everyone does, you know. But I can't tell you to, to do that. Mm. But if you want to excel, if you want to, uh, you know, kind of break away from the herd, then that's what you're going to have to do. And arrests are counted as tickets. And that's the easiest way to make an arrest. You ever been arrested, Steve? Never. Mm. Never been arrested. Never NBC baby never been caught. Really? Okay. Never been caught. Okay. I'm not saying that I never did anything. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, I always I always had uh, you'd ha always had this guy uh, and and he he'd be walking by and you know you're working you're in uniform and, and they look at you and they go hey I didn't do it officer trying to be funny you know <laughs> and my answer to that was we're all guilty in the eyes of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Now I'm an agnostic but something sounded good. It's right? something it's something that was poetic. Like, yeah, yeah, we're all we're all guilty. And we're all, we're all, you know, we all have the preponderance to be bad people. We all uh, probably break the law at one time or another. Uh, 
I know, thank you. I know, uh, you know, speeding, you know, littering, anything like that. You know, uh, yeah, there's different different variances of breaking the law, but mm -hmm. you know, when you think about it, if you're in for a penny, you're in for a pound. I mean, yeah, it, so it, you're starting to get you get comfortable with this, and then the next thing you know, you you kind of bump it up a little bit. Next thing you know, you know, you're you know maybe shoplifting, but then you you move it up to where <laughs> now I'm now I'm committing grand theft. Mm. You know. Yeah, you know, who knows? Yeah. So, so, so you think it builds up, and you're trying to help people to where b before that becomes an issue. You're yeah. trying to catch people before they proactive. Build up. You, that's the word. Proactive, and it's hard. It's okay. a very difficult uh, until they come up with that thing uh, movie Minority Report. Yeah. Until they come up with come up with oracles and and be able to, you know, they have kind of the oracles a little bit. Would you like one? They have they have kind of the the oracles a little bit. Uh, when I left, they had a, a, a three women in the police department mm -hmm. that were worked on the administrative side, and they were working with a, a computer uh, program that would predict the areas that were going to get broken into. Mm -hmm. And so what you do is you 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 follow their advice, their lead, and you would saturate that area with more police presence, okay, okay to dissuade people from breaking into the houses. Mm -hmm. Okay. They might still do it, but if they see the presence, that's the, that's the first, the first step in the use of force continuum is presence. Mm. So by just being there, being seen, they might go, Ooh, let's, let's not do it tonight. Or, you know, uh, but it's just very hard to be proactive on a, on a lot of stuff. And, and I guess the, you know, you're, 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 the horse is already out of the barn when you put somebody in jail. It's like they already, wouldn't it be nice if you could stop somebody you know, prior to them committing a crime that's going to hurt somebody and change somebody's life, uh, like a sexual assault mm -hmm. or, or something like that, something that they're, that's going to affect it's them. Really regret it. It'd be so nice if you could just, you know, step in right at the last second and go, Hey, you, you need to, you need to come with me and I want to talk to you and not counseling or anything. Just go, we know what you're doing and You've already been identified. Now, now you're identified, and we're going to be we're going to be keeping an eye on you. And that, if you could just dissuade that kind of crime, like, but you can't. That's the sad part. And then you become the person that shows up later. Do you think assessing a situation has gotten better or worse since you've been in the police force? I would say it's. I would say that <clears throat> that it's that that it's kind of the same. Mm -hmm. it, unfortunately, uh, you try to learn. They try, you know, I think the police departments are, are, are trying to learn kind of as you go because, I mean, I remember when I first started in 1992, mm -hmm. we were just learning about positional asphyxia. Okay. That was a new thing. Yeah, that, was a, yeah. that was a new term. And uh, if, you, if you're thinking positional asphyxia, think about the crucifixion. Okay, that's what the crucifixion is. It's positional asphyxia. It's putting it's putting a human body in a position to where uh, sooner or later your own weight works against you and you can't breathe. You're putting that kind of so you put somebody on their on their stomach and you hog tie them, then the chances are are, are better that they're going to suffocate. It's under the weight of their own body. Uh, they won't, they can exhale, but then they can't breathe back in. And that that that's where you start start again. So we never. We, we learned early, don't hog tie people. Uh, if you've got, because you're always going to, usually always going to handcuff them behind their back. I only, I only handcuffed one guy in front, and he was extremely obese. Uh, he was uh, cooperative. Uh, 
and he's just a big guy. I think and, you told me this story. And I, I moved all my shit out of the front seat. I was like, you're not even going to fit in the back seat. So I wasn't stupid. I had a, an officer follow me down to the jail, but he wasn't going to cause a problem, but you just make sure you safeguard yourself from liability. Liability is a big thing with police departments. So I'm safeguarding myself from liability by having him, by having myself being followed in case something does happen and he changes his mind and wants to start beating me. But I had it, had his hands up front and he was sitting in the passenger seat just because he was so huge, you know. I was afraid if I got him in the back seat, I might not get him getting back out, you know, and it, and it was just going to be a problem for him to, to navigate. So you got to use your common sense and, uh, you know, try to do the right thing. Yeah. Cause when people like a lot of people who like really defend cops are like, Oh, his life could have been at risk. And when I see like kids, there was a good example of Trayvon Martin, yeah. Elijah McLean, where you see these kids are like 19 and five foot seven. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, like, any rational person would have seen that this kid was in a in an unfair fight. But I I have you ever been in like a situation to where you felt like I might be bullying a kid or I might be bullying and if you could say that to a police officer now, what would you tell them to kind of make them understand that this is a position of power and it shouldn't be abused rather than assist? Well my my thing is uh for one thing, Trayvon Martin, if I don't, mm-hmm. if, if, if I'm not wrong, he, if, that wasn't he was a, a neighborhood watch. Yeah, yeah that wasn't was even a cop. That was a civilian. So yeah. let's just take him out. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so Elijah McLean, though, is Aurora Police. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, and then you got uh, Garner. Mm-hmm. You know, and he was he was beaten on. So I'm I'm not I'm, I'm yeah. not I'm not about defending. In fact, my, my thing has always been uh, question question authority. I used okay. to have a poster in my room when I was a kid, okay. question, authority. question authority. And the more authority you have, and nobody has more except the judge. The more authority you have, like, uh, and even if you're a, a superv- supervisor at a store or, you know, yeah. a, a Lowe's or, or whatever, that's authority. And, yeah. and so you gotta, you got to handle it in a correct way. Well, well police officers have this, this huge responsibility and a, and a with the authority that they wield, they can take your liberty away. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and so with when you have that kind of power, then it needs to be questions questioned as often as possible. And I never had a problem. It's weird because I I never had a problem with anybody questioning anything that I did. I welcomed it, you know, because anything that I did that might have been wrong was. Could pro- and I never got complained on, really. I got complained on once, I think, when I was a rookie. Okay. Uh, but And that was over at DUI. Okay. Uh, she was saying that uh, she was uh, saying that, that I assaulted her during the arrest, and uh, which is pretty, you know, that's pretty pretty good charge. Uh, but she ended up dying before they could finish out. She went to she went to uh, jail on a felony DUI. And uh, when I pulled her over, I didn't know how many DUIs she, she had. I didn't even know her. And uh, I was, actually, what I was doing, I was doing her ex-husband's dirty work for her. Wow. He, she brought the kids home, and she was stewed, just drunk. Drunk, yeah. So she's driving driving around Winston-Salem with the kids in the car, Ooh. drunk, okay? And uh, and so he calls in on her yeah. when she leaves. Of course. So now I'm, he's kids. wanting me to do his dirty work, okay? Because he's wanting her out of his life. And out of life of the kids, right? So then I post up. Here she comes down the road. I pull her over. 
and it, then it's on like Donkey Kong. As soon as I started to put the cuffs on her, she's jumping around wanting to do all this stuff and everything. And and I had a hard time getting cuffs on her. And then so then she said, well, he, he sexually assaulted me. Mm -hmm. He touched me in a, in a wrong way. I was like, nah, I didn't. I, I didn't do that. I, I affected a good arrest. <laughs> but that was before body cams and everything, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. And so it goes to internal affairs. She then goes to prison as before they can, uh, she goes for a year before they can interview her after she gets out. She does a lot of cocaine at a welcome home party and dies. And that's the only one that, that's the only complaint that I had. And, uh, you know, you could have, I mean, like, there's so much you could have done, but like at the, in that situation, for what I'm hearing is that husband or that, that ex-husband was like, Hey, my wife or my ex-wife is driving my kids around. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He See, was I happy. felt like I would have, I did him a favor. I, I don't, cause it wasn't going to stop. I'm, I guess like a lot of young people, I'm very hesitant to call the police. Oh yeah. I and I feel too. like you should be. I know this yeah. is terrible, but yeah. like, yeah. unless it's like there's, you know, someone brought a gun to my house or to my party and I want them out and right. I can't, you know. In fact, the, 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 uh, the reason, there is a reason, the reason why people call 911 is because the way they've always handled a situation before yeah. is not working today. Okay. okay. So you've got, uh, let's make it a little bit lighter. You got drunk uncle. Okay, and every time drunk uncle has uh, gotten drunk and started mouthing off at the dinner table, yeah. somebody's always been able to go, oh, drunk uncle, why don't you just go lay down? And then he does, and everything's fine. Yeah. This particular time, he doesn't feel like it. And he throws everything off the table, and he starts beating on your brother, yeah. and you're like, holy moly, he's not he's not laying down like we... So this is yeah. a situation... That's when people cut down 911. It's because now they're they're presented with a situation that they cannot control. Mm -hmm. Whereas before in the past, they'd always been able to control drunk drunk uncle. He was fine, you know? Yeah. But now that solution is not working. They've got an emergency. That's usually when they dial 911. Most people don't dial 911. Because of the George Floyd thing, it was for like a forged check or something. Dude, that's the easiest like thing in the world. 20. And I feel like that's yeah. in that store owner's control. That should have been... It, it, it someone should have taken initiative before that got out of hand. Mm -hmm. But like, there were so many things wrong with that situation. Dude, if you're yeah. a storefront owner, you chase them out, you get your stuff back. Yeah. It sounds terrible, but that's the honest truth. Yeah. For no one should die over a twenty fit counter bill. A twenty here counter was the, bill. Here was, here was the weird. The weird thing to me was that I kept wondering what else, because a lot of times you don't hear the whole thing or see the whole thing, even on the video is. I'd handled a lot of uh, forgeries. Mm -hmm. I'd handled a lot of uh, check forgeries and uh, counterfeits. Mm -hmm. And so, with the, the the with the with the check forgeries, the victims, the bank, not the person, they get the, the person gets their money back. Mm -hmm. Now the bank's the victim, and the bank prosecutes. Okay, not not a problem, right? With a uh, counterfeit, that that's a federal crime, and the Secret Service handles it. Local police don't handle it. So I would go to the store owner and I'd say, well, let me see the, uh, let me see the, the bill. Yeah. And I would take it and I would put it in a plastic bag or whatever after looking at it and determining that, oh, it's, it's a nice job. They did it on document paper or something. Yeah. You know, it looks like a 20, but when you really, it's not a 20. Okay. Yeah. And uh, then you identify the person that passed that bill. And then you write the whole thing up. You put the, uh, the, the bill 
in uh, evidence management to be released to the Secret Service, he turned the report in. Done. In fact, I was kind of joked with the person when I was leaving him. Oh, and by the way, it's time for, because he's like, you're not going to, what's going to happen now? I'm like, oh, I got no beef with you, brother, but I think the Secret Service might want to talk to you. You can just see the, the, the color just leaving their face. They're like, what? I'm like, yeah. oh, it's a federal, it's a federal crime. Yeah. So it's like, I don't handle federal crimes or civil crimes. Did you ever work for the FBI? No, uh, no, 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 <laughs> no. I've, 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 I've had, uh, I've got a friend. Now I got a friend who was a federal marshal, but he, what he had worked at the FBI for, for a while. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, we went to a field trip at the FBI because mm -hmm. Laurel is right in between Baltimore and Washington, mm -hmm. and uh, they probably don't do it anymore. But uh, at the end, the guy would uh, shoot a target with a Thompson submachine gun, mm -hmm. fully automatic. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. And uh, he's behind a big booth, you know, and he's like, now, you know, y'all are getting ready to leave. And then he pulled the target down and give it to us to put up in our classroom. We were like, ah, it's so, that is so baller. Oh my God, that's dope. That was so cool. But I guarantee that they, they don't do that. They don't do that anymore, man. They don't do that anymore. But yeah, that was the thing that, that, that kind of, I, I wasn't struggling with. I was just yeah. wondering, why in the hell did he go through all that? Uh, why did he have any handcuffs? It's a federal crime, you know? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. federal crime. And just, wow, that was just, and I, here's the thing. Another thing I was, this is going to sound like a, and I don't want this question to offend you. No, 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 no. Have you ever, and I don't think you have, Steve, but have you ever planted drugs on a civilian? No, 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 That's, no. And, and here's why. Here's okay. why. It's not that hard. It's not that hard to, to find drugs in Winston-Salem. Okay? Because <laughs> I even had, I even had, I would have, uh, I would have arrestees going, saying, yeah. you planted that on me. Yeah, 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 and I'm yeah. like, dude, it is so easy to get people with drugs in Winston-Salem. Yeah. I don't have to plant shit on anybody. Yeah. I, I'm just making good cases, you know? Uh, and basically, because uh, uh, I worked, I worked on a, uh, a special, a special unit called the, uh, the 920 mm -hmm. uh, Foot Patrol. And 920 uh, Foot Patrol, which it was like, a big deal. I, I, I loved it. I, I thought it was great. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. I worked with really good people, really talented people. Uh, what we did was we went out every night and walked on foot and hunted crack dealers. And that's what I did for like two and a half years. And then after, and then you want to rotate out. You do that for like two and a half years and you just want to rotate out. And so if you were, and we would, we would every once in a while, we'd think somebody was 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 slinging slinging crack or, or doing something like that, and then you finally you get up on them, and really what they were doing is rolling a blunt or something yeah. like that. Give them a ticket, yeah. okay? Give them a, identify them, give them a ticket, take the drugs, and then you can go by yourself and put the drugs up, because uh, that's all you're going to take it take off of them is is the blunt, and then tell them here's your court date, whatever. That way you can get back out there quicker and uh, you don't have to process them through jail and get, get out there quicker and uh, try to make, make an effect on the neighborhood by arresting the, uh, the crack dealers. Because the crack dealers don't really live in the neighborhood. That's the other thing. People don't realize that. The, 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 the drug dealers generally do not live yeah. in there. So my, my area of operation was uh, Cleveland Avenue Homes. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got to know a lot of the people in Cleveland. They were you know, good people and everything. It's the guys that were coming in from other areas because they knew that that, that was a, a drug area. And the reason why it was a drug area is because of them. That's, that was the weird, that was a weird thing. It was because of them. And I, I think another reason why they picked a lot of these places was because of the geography 
uh, uh, Piedmont Circle, yeah. uh, Feral Court, uh, Maryland Avenue Apartments, uh, and not really so much Cleveland Avenue Homes, but the others I mentioned, uh, Lakeside uh, Housing, uh, one way in, one way out. So all you got to do is post up a, a kid on the on the uh, entrance, and and there you got it. You got your lookout, and so anytime you go walking in, you would have to not use a car. You'd have to walk in from a different area, and and, and try to slip up on somebody. So wow, yeah. Now I, I'm to like, how many like crack dealers do you remember like like seeing in like one day, like in like the Cleveland Home Apartments, or were they like? Because I'd imagine they're like scattered as soon as they saw a cop car and things like that. They do or they don't. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they don't. I mean, so far as so far as dealers per day that you would see would be yeah. like maybe, God, I don't know, thirty wow. at least. I mean, you know, and they, some of them are dealers, but they might not have dope on them. Yeah. But you know that's what they're doing. You know. Yeah. They, you know. You've seen them before. You know. You know them by name. Yeah. You hang out with them every once in a while. Like when you see them out, you go, "Hey, what's up? How you doing?" Uh, there was this one guy. We put him in prison, and when he came out, I'd always give him a big hug. I, I loved him. He was doing cool. the same thing. He was a good guy, but he's still doing the same shit. He probably isn't now because he's older, and then that time starts adding up. Yeah. The more you do it, the more time you you grab. And so it's like after a while you're just like, and they get a girl, yeah, and they get kids, yeah, and then they start thinking, well, you know, maybe I don't want to do this. Maybe anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. Maybe I want to, you know, do do something else. And they they kind of what they what we call aging out. Uh, there's not a whole lot of old old uh, uh, drug dealers. Usually, what happens is they get their own franchise, mm-hmm. and then they have young fellows uh, uh, deal the drugs for them. What happened one night? It was like because uh, I was getting getting old myself, uh, and there was an old drug dealer. He wasn't dealing drugs anymore, but he had enough capital to keep all the, all these guys busy yeah. mm-hmm. uh, with, with drugs. And uh, uh, there was a foot chase, and so I showed up to just keep an eye on the cars, okay? Because a lot of times in a foot chase, the officers don't have time to lock their car, mm-hmm. so usually there's some old head. You know, some old guy, he'll show up and watch the cars. That's all you got to do is make sure nobody steals, steals or a messes with, Yeah, steals a car <laughs> or, or goes in and messes with your stuff or yeah, something, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm standing there, I'm watching, and I'm listening on the radio. They're still foot chasing this guy, and they're chasing him down past the BP on MLK Ooh. towards 52, right? Mm. Okay? So I know where he's running. I'm just kind of keeping track of it, and uh, you can hear him. They're, they're, they're getting, I know they're getting closer and everything. Out of the darkness comes this guy, and I recognize him. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't know, he's probably like fifty. You know, we're about really? to, we're about the same age. You know, oh. we're about the same age. And uh, he says, uh, "What's going on?" And I said, "Well, it would seem that some of my guys are chasing some of your guys." And he just acts like he doesn't know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. and he goes, "Huh?" Like that, and I'm like, "Look," I said. What he was doing was he was coming out to see if it was true because he don't want this young guy to show up later on with no product, and no money. Now what's he, now what's he going to do? So he's coming to find out if it's true that we're chasing him because he knows who the little guy is. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, so he looks, he looks, I said about that time I heard him 
1072. We'll be back. We'll be, you know, coming back. If you can get somebody to come meet us, you know, yeah. here, then, uh, you know, we'll make it back to my car. And I'm like, there you go. I said, they just caught him. They just, they just, they just caught him. Okay. If, if that's what you're, if that's what you're out here wanting to know. And he just kind of looks at me and he just kind of shakes his head. And I said, it's hell getting old, ain't it brother? Like that. And he said, yeah, it is, man. It's hell getting old. And he just walked away. And that, that was, that was the end of it. But that was, I, I knew exactly what he was doing. You know, because anytime you're out here, uh, running around uh, chasing the little guys, yeah. there's usually somebody that shows up to verify that that's what's really going on. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they got a lot of explaining to do when they show up and they don't have product and they don't have money. Yeah. So. You think Winston Salem's gotten uh, better? Everything's gotten better. Everything. I think everything's gotten better. Oh yeah, yeah. Except yeah. the assessing the situation. You think that's the same? I, I, no, I think. I, and you know what's happening? You know, because yeah. I, I talked. I talked to one of the cops. And uh, he said, dude, he said, the, the crime rate's going down and everything. And I said, what do you attribute that to? And he goes, games. They're not out in the street. Okay? Nobody's out in the street. They're all inside gaming. They're all inside playing John, you know, Madden football. Yeah. They're all inside playing, you know, uh, uh, Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. They're not out, you know. Robin well, they're just not out just goofing around, yeah. you know, because that's when you get in trouble. You don't have anything to do mm -hmm. and all day to do it. Yeah. And then next thing you know, you, you know, you, you're getting in problems. You got problems, you know, you hook up with, with, with a buddy of yours. See, that's the other thing that people don't realize Influence. about, about uh, housing projects too is, uh, or low income housing, yeah. whatever you want to call mm -hmm. it, is that when I was a kid, it, it took me a, a, a lot of time and effort to get five guys together to just go hang out, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, or it was serendipity that we met and hung out with the the population uh, that that I that I uh, was was working around at that time. Pagers were big. Well, shit, you could get fifty people like that, and then when cell phones hit, even more. So, and, and people are we go back to people are always. I would say, especially uh, uh, minorities, yeah. and justifiably so, I feel they're more apprehensive and scared of what's going to happen so that when the police show up, a lot of people come out and watch to make sure you do right. Yeah. And if you do wrong, then there's witnesses. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you'll find that I think most of the time minorities want to know your name which I never had a problem. None of that I really had a problem with it because I was like, I'm going to show you that I'm going to do right. You're not going to have a problem. You're not going to be able to question anything. I will explain everything that I'm getting ready to do. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and if I've got time, I'll explain it to your mother. Mm -hmm. You know, hell, half the time I knew their mother. Uh, and that was another good way to handle uh, young guys. Uh, like I had one guy out on the corner and he was being disrespectful and I just walked up to say hi and stuff because I knew, knew a couple of the other guys and I'd never seen him. And he was, I guess he was just wanting to chest up and act like, you know, show off for show off because he was new or something. And I said, you don't even live around here. He said, yeah, I do. I said, where do you live? And he said, I live right there on the corner of that apartment right there. I said, really? And he said, yeah. I said, is there anybody home? I don't even think there's anybody home. Nobody lives there. And he goes, yeah, there, yeah, there is. My mother lives there. I said, oh, okay, thanks. And I walked straight to that apartment, right? 
I knocked on the door. This is how you earn. This is how you earn respect. People talk about respect. You got to earn it. Knock on the door. Here comes this lady. Very nice, ma'am. I hate to bother you this time of day. I said, but uh, this little fella, that yeah, the one that's walking up right now. Yeah, this little fella said uh, he's being very disrespectful. He says he lives at this apartment. Says that you're his mother. And I thought there's no sense in 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 in. in me getting involved in something that's probably a family situation. So I think, ma'am, I'd rather let you handle him than me. And she went, yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate that. What's your name? And I said, my name's Steve Baldwin. I work this area all the time. Anytime you need me, you know my number, baby. She said, what's your number? I was like, it's on the side of my car, 911. <laughs> she started laughing. She's like, get your little ass in here. I didn't see him for a month. Oh. <laughs> I didn't see him oh. for a month, man. Oh, man. Because, because, oh. but that's how you, that's how you learn. Like once you get that experience, that's it. You learn, like, I'm not the only police in this neighborhood. You know, mm -hmm. you've always, you always hear the story about, mm -hmm. I got my ass beat at school, but then I got my ass beat again when my parents found out about me getting my ass beat at school yeah. back in the day, right? Yeah. Well, same kind of deal. Same kind of deal. I don't, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to get anywhere by yelling at this guy on a corner, you know, just because he's being disrespectful. I'm going to go tell his parents. Were there, other guys, were there other guys in your precinct that you were worried about and worried how they were handling people? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you try you try to get rid of them as quick as you can. Okay. As quick as you can. Uh, one way or another. Uh, you, you tell your supervisor. Yeah. Uh, you have to go to your supervisor. How did you ever? What was, what was that? Well, no, no. Basically, you just go, look, you know how this guy is, is handling himself, man. Yeah. What's going on? Is he having problems at home? Mm -hmm. Get up with him and, and you would have like a intervention. Yeah. And let them know they're on, they're on call. They're on, you just, you just got called out yeah. by your whole squad. Yeah. And, 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 and now, now you know that everybody's got eyes on you, you know, mm -hmm. and then they, they either, they either straighten up or they don't last long. You know? There's always the joke about, and I, I've only heard it. I probably heard, heard it happen maybe once, maybe twice where, uh, an officer's calling for backup. Mm-hmm. You don't hear anything on the radio. Yeah. It's like, dude, maybe you should have straightened up a little bit better. Maybe you should have handled yourself better. Any unit to respond that can back up so-and-so and so-and-so? -and -so? No. Dead air. Dead air, baby. And then finally somebody will answer up, but it's like, dude, if you had a better name, better reputation with your squad and on your beat, you, you'd be getting, you know, you get a little bit better service that way, you know? So what I'm getting at is like, I know this sounds lame to compare it to no, your job, no. but like if you're fucking up at your job, if I'm not getting the task done, then I need to get it done and I'm getting it right efficiently and justfully. Um, no one's going to back me up or no one should back you up. Right, right. It's right. like you said about earning respect. Yeah, yeah. Well, and plus I, I, I always felt like I had a pretty good uh, reputation on the yeah. street. Uh, not that you take advantage of it, but I always felt like I had a pretty good reputation on the street. And uh, I, I've i I've had people show up that were that were going to back me up, yeah. and they started were starting shit. And I told them I just got on the radio and went KLS code six, which means cancel my backup. And the guy looked at me like, "What? Did you just cancel me?" I'm like, "Dude, you are the problem right now. Yeah. You need to leave. Okay, yeah. just go." I was actually doing better yeah. before you showed up, and you're all you're doing is. 
provoking shit. Making people feel unsafe. Making people feel uncomfortable. And and I think part of it, too, is uh, if you're not, believe it or not, uh, with police departments nowadays, they don't, they don't, they don't all come from a local, they're not locally grown, in other words. Okay. They're, they're from an outside suburbs or whatever. Yeah. They've never been around any person of color in their entire life. Mm. All they know about people of color is what they've seen on uh, TV, movies, and some of them seriously are scared. Okay. And because I remember before I went to foot patrol, uh, working the drug uh, detail, uh, they asked me, they said, how do you feel about working around uh, black people? And I went, I grew up between Baltimore and Washington. And he just looked at me and went, oh, okay, good. Okay. And that was it. Wow. That was it. And then the other, the other uh, conspiracy theory that, <laughs> that seems to play out is that once you go, once you go on the east side and you don't start a riot, mm -hmm. you'll work the east side the rest of your life if you're white. <laughs> because, because, because they go, okay, this is the one white guy. We, we can send him down there, and he's not going to, like, start yeah. shit, yeah. okay? And he seems to be liked in the neighborhood, yeah. whatever. And Rational. guess what? Right. You're going to stay there the rest of your, <laughs> rest of your career, you know? Because uh, I, got, I, got, I worked one night over on the west side, which is really where I live. And I thought my radio, I thought my radio was messed up. I was tapping on it and I go, KLS radio check. And they go, yeah, yeah, we're, you're good. You know, you're loud and clear. Yeah. Go, okay. There's nothing. And I'd switch over to my area and it'd be just like, you know, any unit we go there, I mean, you know, got this in progress. This is going to very active, very active. And I go back to where I was and I was like, dead. I was like, okay, cool. Cool. Nothing, nothing, wow. nothing nothing so it's policing and it's like any other job too because it's what you make it i mean you can go out there and you know you got plenty of 90 day wonders where you get out of rookie school and you know you're, you're, you're trying to once again separate yourself from the herd you're trying to make a lot of yeah. good arrests not bullshit arrests make good arrests and and move up the ladder up the chain i never went for rank i just kind of i stayed patrolman because once you start getting rank then that takes you away from the street. And I enjoyed working on the street so much uh, that that I I just didn't want to. Uh, plus, I figured it's hard enough for me to take care of just myself and keep myself out of trouble and keep everything going well. Once I get up to a, a, a corporal yeah. and then a sergeant, now I got to look after all these other guys. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah. you never wanted to be like. I don't want to. Yeah, it's like no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to because it looks good. But now I'm, I'm literally, and the other part was, and I got told this too, they said, look, you don't have rank, but you've got years of service in to where if something go, is going on, like a George Floyd situation, yeah. there's four cops around. and you, and you don't do, I, they literally told me this. So we had great training uh, and, and great experienced officers in Winston-Salem as well. They told me, they said, look, if you're ever in a situation and they, they didn't say because this was like long before, but it was kind of a George yeah. Floyd scenario that they're talking about. They, they said, you don't do anything about it. Guess what? You're fired. You're done. You're done because you've got the experience. You don't have the stripes. Because I would let, I'd say, dude, I don't have the authority. Yeah. And point at my shoulder. I don't have the authority. And they go, that's right. You don't have stripes, but you've got experience. And if you don't, if you don't intercede and stop that officer from doing something stupid, then 
you're going to be, be in just as much, if not more, trouble than that officer. So, yeah, yeah. So, you, you, with, with great, what is it that they say? With great power comes great responsibility. Great responsibility. So, you've got the responsibility, man. You've got the responsibility. And what, what about this? What if the only time that this person ever has uh, 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 interaction with a police uh, officer it's just a terrible, terrible experience. Yeah. What if you go to What if you go to McDonald's? First time you ever been to McDonald's? You've heard about McDonald's? <laughs> You've seen McDonald's? Okay. <laughs> so, all right, keep going with this. Okay, but you've never been in one, and the one and only time you ever go into McDonald's, the clerk is terrible. The clerk is rude. The clerk is surly. Uh, the clerk is not dressed, doesn't look good in their uniform, okay? okay? The food is a, of a low, the product, the product that they're they're giving you is of poor quality. And you walk away with, if nothing else, a bad taste in your mouth. Mm. So you have to always, y'all have to always keep that in mind too, is that this might be the one and only time that this person has, uh, a, 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 not a run-in, but has, has uh, uh a chance where they're, they're actually meeting uh, an officer, what kind of impression are they going to walk away with? Mm -hmm. Okay. And sometimes you might want them to walk away with like, Oh damn, you know, but most of the time you just want them to walk away with, Oh, okay. I feel satisfied. I feel like I got served well because you are a servant. Okay. You got to keep that in mind too. And, uh, uh, so you, you have to, you have to always make sure that, you know, they, they feel satisfied when you're done, mm -hmm. you know, and that's why you refer, we, when you work the street like that, usually it's like you're a general practitioner. And what you do is you, you evaluate the crime. You look at the crime. You're going to write it up. If it's something that you handle, then you're going to handle it. Uh, and if it's anything that a detective handles, then you're going to refer it to the detective division. And you tell them, look, uh, you've had your house broken into. A detective will probably be in touch with you within the next week to get maybe some more information or investigate it further, understand I'm like a general practitioner. That's why I always put it. And so I'm going to write up a good detailed report and I'm going to pass it off to the detectives that have the time to handle all this stuff. Um, one, of the, a final, one of the final things I wanted to touch on was uh, the defundment of the police. A lot of people talk about it. Um, I hear. I think it's misunderstood. Okay. Okay. That's your, that's your take okay. on it. Yeah, well, here's my take. Here's my okay. take. Uh, I think it's a great idea. Okay. Okay, but because now, now hear me out. Okay. Okay, hear me out. Uh, and and I think most of the, most of the police that that know what the deal is are, are probably going about time. Okay. Yeah. Is why do we have to, especially mental commitments? Yeah. Okay. Now I understand that 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 some people are violent yeah. when they're having a, a episode. They're off their meds or something. Yeah. Uh. Uh. But at the same time, if they're not being violent, if they're just going to be uh, committed, yeah. why do you need a cop to do that? That's, that just takes me, and you're gone for the whole shift. Yeah. Okay. I've had to drive people to Butner mm. from Winston. Oh, yeah. And then you got to drive. Well, your shift is about done. And I, I wasn't able to help, you know, my, 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 uh, my friends uh, handle the street. And I wasn't able to handle the calls, you know, handle my call loads. I, I'm on this mental commitment. So if you look at the if you look at the, the the grocery list, okay, of the things that they're talking about having them handle, that's one of them. And most of them are, are most of them are non -bot. And now I've heard 
I, I uh, heard cops on Facebook going, well, how many times have you ha had a, uh, a a person just the script flips and now they're being violent and now you got to, you know, do something. Okay. Well, that's the chance they're going to have to take, I guess. But, yeah. but why, why do you need a cop? You know, now you could have a cop maybe stand by while you, while they handle the commitment, but then when that part's over with and you got to babysit them at the hospital or something before they get transported to a facility, then why does cop have to be there? Yeah. So, so when they say the, it, it, I think a lot of stuff that's going on right now is really, de really divisive. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think it is, it's being made that way. Uh, you know, I can tell you a lot of different things and I can slam them and make you feel good about yourself or I can mm -hmm. slant the same words and make you feel like shit, okay? Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of times media, uh, unfortunately, uh, slants a lot of stuff uh, to where it, it's, it, now it sounds really, ooh, I got to read more. They're mm -hmm. selling. You got to understand. Yeah. They, they got a job too. They're selling their product. Yeah. And if it's just, well, yeah, they're talking about defund maybe isn't the right word. Maybe they should yeah. say reallocate resources, but that doesn't yeah. that doesn't sound redistribute. I'm not gonna buy that. Redistribute. Yeah, products. just re redistribute the, the responsibilities. And if it's a nonviolent thing, why don't you just have somebody go out and write them a ticket or mm -hmm. talk to them about it? Okay? Mm -hmm. Why not? That's not like a good idea. But instead of putting that, they go, Oh, they're gonna defund the police. Well then that gets everybody upset that's upsettable. Yeah. You know. I didn't fall for that one because as soon as they said defund, I started looking into it and I was like, man, that's not that bad. I feel like there's also like, we're a big second amendment nation. Like we're all, we, all we care about in, in America are two amendments. It feels like. Oh yeah. First and second. <laughs> first and second. Yeah. And, um, but you know, like in, like in all these other countries, like in like the UK and Sweden and even Germany, they don't carry guns. Right. Right. And, and maybe they don't need it. They don't have that many violent offenses. Right, but they, they have a different culture too. I, I guess, man. I think that's part of it. I think I, I just think we're a. I just think that for some reason, uh, we've been a, we're, we're a violent nation and always have been a violent nation. I don't know whether it's got anything to do with the guns so much as it's got to do with just our attitude and how we feel. Well, uh, you, you know, America. You know, yeah. it's like no. Yeah. You know, why do I? I wear a mask. Where, what am I? I'm not free. I'm a, I'm a free. Yeah, I'm a free man. Why do I have to wear? And we've got that attitude. And I, I just think that that part's kind of funny. It's like, you know, uh, and and I guarantee you, every cop out there would love to not have to carry a gun. Uh, that you know, it'd be so nice if if everybody that we ran into was pleasant and everything, but that's not the truth. You know, if, if everybody that I said, Hey, you're under arrest, mm -hmm. please turn around, put your hands behind your back. <laughs> if they did that. Yeah. See, see, that's what I'm saying. Sir, could you please put your hands behind your back? But that's how you do it. You, you yeah. say you're under, first you say you're under arrest. That way that you're, you're, you're qualifying the, the legal end of what you're getting ready to do. Yeah. You're under arrest. Yeah. It's not, not a secret right, anymore. Rights, yeah. No, you don't. You never do that. You never do that. Never read Miranda rights. That's that's another movie thing that never happens. Okay. Yeah, you don't never do that. Uh, you're under arrest. Yeah. That means I'm getting ready to take take custody of you and put you in my car. You're under arrest. If you would turn around, put your hands behind your back, and you know I'm going to handcuff you. 
And if they all, if they all went, well, oh, my goodness, officer, okay, and they just did that, there wouldn't be any of this stuff, you know? They'd probably be able to get rid of a few cops because you wouldn't need that many. But they don't. People don't do that. Criminals don't do that. They 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 end up fighting and you know that that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I at the end of my career, uh, the, the biggest kudo I had, I think, was uh, I'd have people come and turn themselves into me. Wow. Uh, because I I was getting short. I I had like maybe you know a year or two left. And, uh, you know, I'm on the back end of a, yeah. of my career. And so I wasn't out there starting fires. I'm not out there acting crazy, yeah. you know. And uh, uh, I would have, have somebody walk up to me and I'd say, hey, how you doing? They go, you Baldwin, right? And I'm like, yeah, what's up? They go, man, I think I got a paper out on me. I'm like, what? Come on. Oh, someone's got money. It's got yeah, money. I get, it's like, you know, somebody's, I got a warrant. I got a warrant, man. I think, I think I've got a warrant. I think I've got a warrant. And I go, no, you don't. Yeah, I think I do. All right. I was like, here's what we'll do. I said, now, if I run this, okay, if I, because, you know, give me your ID, you know, I said, if I run this and it pops up that you do have a warrant, then there's no going home. It's like, I got to take you now and we're going to go to, I said, are you ready? You don't have anything in your pockets that's going to embarrass me or you, Okay. You don't have any contraband because you're going to have to go to the jail. They go, man, I got my two T-shirts, my two j- jockeys on. Everything. They're ready. That tells me this guy's ready to go to jail. Okay. He's wearing two T-shirts because you rotate them and two jockeys, jo- you know, uh, underwear because you separate them out. And, uh, you put them in rotation and they're square. They're, they're ready to go. And I'd run it and I'd go, damn, yeah, you got a, you got a warrant, you know, and I'd, they knew what it was all about. I said, yep, sure enough, you got a warrant. I didn't even got out of the car. They're just standing by, by the car. And like the third time it happened, because uh, I then I'd get out and I'd hook them up, put them in the back, mm-hmm. you know, take them to jail. And uh, the, the third time it happened, I was like, let me ask you a question. Why are you guys fucking with me? <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you mean? And I said, dude, you're like the third guy that's come up and turned himself in because he thought he had a warrant to, to me. And, and he goes, man, it's like everybody knows you're not going to like do something stupid. That's what he says to you. Meaning, meaning I'm not going to like freak out, make him get on the ground, you know, all that stuff. No, I'm just going to run your name. And if you, if you got a warrant, then I'm just going to put handcuffs on you. And then I'm going to take you to jail. I'm going to process you. I'm going to wish you well. And then I might even say some words for you to the magistrate uh, at your uh, bail hearing. Because you have an automatic, like a, like a, a bail hearing, like right then. Wow. So I got them in cuffs. They're sitting on the bench. I've done all their paperwork. Mm-hmm. So then I go, like, I give them a thumbs up and I go, your honor. Because you're talking to a, a, like a, they're a judge, not like a judge. They're yeah. a judge. Your honor, uh, let it be known that, uh, Mr. Smith here voluntarily turned himself into this officer, showed full cooperation. Let me handcuff him, bring him down here. He's been nothing but a gentleman. Any consideration that you can give, we both appreciate that. And depending upon their, depending upon their, their, uh, their, their existing record, because it's a sliding scale, right? So if you're a real bad guy with a real bad record, you're going to end up with maybe, I don't know, $10,000 bond, $20,000 bond, 
But if you don't have anything and I just spoke for you because you were kind of big, kind of cool, right? Mm -hmm. You might get a written promise to appear. That means you just signed yourself out of jail. Mm -hmm. We'll get back in my car and I'll take you back to wherever you want me to take you. Mm -hmm. Done. And I get an arrest out of it. <laughs> you know? So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Smooth sailing at the time. That's the way it would like, be every time. You know, I've been down to the warrant. I've been down to jail before, and you have a uh, a beat bag that's got warrants, existing warrants in it, and you're supposed to try. These are the ones you can't catch. These are like the Glengarry Glen Ross leads that only Al Pacino can sell. Mm -hmm. You know how they had the Glengarry Glen Ross leads? They suck. They're terrible leads. Well, that were these warrants. Some of them didn't. They didn't even live where they where they the warrant said or anything like that. But every once in a while, I'd get one that had a phone number on. So when I was down at the jail, I'd, I'd call up and I'd go, hey, I'm down at the jail. Turn yourself in. And if they could, then I, I'd do it that way, too. Yeah. Hey, I actually have a question to ask you, a personal one. I, uh, so I, I recently got a citation on July 4th. Oh, fantastic. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. I, uh, I didn't know beer was supposed to be in a koozie or something. So the guy just came and pulled me out. I was with my friends of color. So I was like, I'll just go and take care of this. Yeah. And he was like, oh. Here's your ID and stuff like that. And I was like, why am I doing this? I could have just poured out the beer and just threw it and say, no, there's no evidence. And just, uh, this is what, this is why I'm a stupid 22 year old. I know that for a fact, but, uh, but I like called up the courthouse. I'm like, Hey, I have a citation. He's like, uh, no, you don't. You have to wait a week. So could a cop arrest me because I technically have a misdemeanor and no. What are you talking about? Because you have a misdemeanor. Or not a misdemeanor, a, uh, a fucking citation. Probably not. No, because right? you're going to go to court. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you're going to go to court. Yeah. yeah. If you don't go to court... Put on a button on shirt for this. If you don't go to court, then they'll issue an order for your arrest. Okay. Because I lost the piece of paper. No, you need to find it. And pay it. You don't even have to go to court. You can pay it. Yeah, I would like to just pay it. No, well, call no. it. What you need to do is call up uh, call up your, your uh, clerk of court. And find out where those records, because there's a record of it somewhere. Okay. And I would be doing it soon so that you don't, you don't go past the date. Because if you go past the date and you haven't paid for it. Yeah. And they say, well, we're going to have to bring this guy into court. And then you don't show up in court. They'll issue an order for your arrest. Now you got a problem. Okay. Because so, they'll come, they'll find you wherever you are, work, wherever, and hook you up and take you to jail. Now you got to, now you got, you're stuck having to come up with some kind of bullshit bond and everything. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you didn't show up in court. You you disrespected. If someone sends me something in the mail, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm like, hey, you got to pay this or hey, go to the... I'll be like, sure, wonderful. You know what? I lose shit all the time. Steve. Right, right. I don't want to right. go to jail for right. being forgotten. Well, no, you, no, you wouldn't stay in jail, okay. but, it, but the... the, the at the, at, the, at the same time, it's like you can disrespect the police all you yeah. want, but you don't ever disrespect the judge. Mm. Even the police don't disrespect the judge mm. because when you're, I mean, it all sounds good when you're out on the street, yeah. but when you when when you're in that courtroom mm -hmm. and the judge walks out and the that the bailiff does that, yeah. oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, that gets serious real quick, real quick. And that's it, nobody nobody's laughing in the in the court usually. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So we have five more minutes, Steve. Okay. Anything you want to talk about, man? Uh, you got no cards right there. So. I got it. Well, this was this. Most of this isn't police related. This is just other stuff that happened to me in my life. Uh, I 
I didn't know you were going to like go hog wild on the police stuff. That's not a problem. That's not a problem. This one right here, uh, the, the, the goat, you ever had a nickname? No, I have not. Okay. Oh, wait, actually, no, I did in high school because I had spiky hair. They called me Birdman. Birdman. Okay. 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 Anyway, continue. Well, I've never had like a, I've never had like a nickname. And so, uh, once again, getting kind of towards the end of my career and, uh, one of the one of the uh, females that I worked with mm-hmm. in, in Foot Patrol, uh, an excellent excellent drug officer. Uh, she knows who she is if she hears this, and uh, she she comes up to me. She's got this real low husky voice. She goes, Bowen, Bowen, how you doing? I'm doing good, doing good. She goes, at this time, she's working in vice and narcotics. She's mm-hmm. moved up in the world. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just back on the street. I'm just answering sure. calls for service. She goes. Hey man, you know you got a nickname on the street, <laughs> and so I'm thinking, officer motherfucker, what you know? Yeah, I don't know what yeah, what, what kind of nickname do I get? You know, the the old white guy. That's who they. A-tub. Yeah, it was like because when they'd say they'd say, well, what cop did you talk to? All of them, everybody would say it was that old white guy, and they go like, oh, okay, Baldwin. Yeah, that's him, Baldwin. Yeah. So I so I, I had a lot of different nicknames or way or monikers, and I said a nickname. What are you talking about? She goes, yeah, man, they call you the ghost. I said, the ghost. And she said, yeah, all the drug dealers are calling you the ghost. And here's the reason. I had a strategy, and the strategy was working, okay? Is it goes back to uh, uh, perception, and it goes back to uh, uh, that first continuum in the use of force, which is presence, okay? So presence and perception were what I needed. Because I didn't want to get out and run, okay? I was getting like... 50, you know, I don't want to get out and run. No cardio for Steve. Yeah, I don't want to mess with that, right? And, uh, you know, it's always a hot day when you when you got to do that and you got that vest on and everything. <laughs> so what I'd do is I'd ghost them. I'd like be, they'd be looking around or they'd be out and like all of a sudden they'd look over and I'd be standing in a tree line. And they were like, holy shit, I never even saw him. How long has he been standing there? I mean, you could see him they're looking at somebody going, how long has he been standing there? You know, and then they'd slowly melt back into an apartment or something, right? Well, that would squash their business for like an hour. Well, I'd leave there and I'd go to the next drug location, do the same thing. And then I'd leave there. And so all over my area, which was 240s beat, I had, we had the most officers killed on 240s beat than any other beat in Winston. I ended up with that beat uh, towards the end. And I would just run you know, in my car. I would go like from one area. I'd go to Lakeside, to Feral Court, to... Uh, uh, go out to, to, to the uh, one out on Old Greensboro Road and just rotate all my whole shift. I would just spend all my time just bit bapping around to all these different locations. They knew never knew when I was coming and when I was going. Okay. And I talked to a guy, he wasn't a snitch, but we just kind of had a relationship where we could, I saw him at Bojangles. Like, what's up with you? How you? I haven't seen you in a while. He goes, doing good, man. You know, you costing him. I'm like, what are you talking about? I go, man, you're costing feral court like 40 grand a month because you just down there all the time. I was like, well, that works then, doesn't it? He goes, I know. I'm just letting you know. I'm just letting you know. So you can affect people without even getting out of a car. And so they, since they didn't know where I was, when I was, and where everything was, you know, what I was going to be able to do or, or, or what was going to happen next, that's how I got the nickname, The Ghost. And so that, that's when I left, that was my nickname was not with the officers, but with the, the drug dealers. It was like, oh, you're the ghost. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I actually do like that. I find that pretty insightful because 
I don't like letting, I know this sounds weird, but like other comics know where I'm going to be next. Yeah. Like if I'm yeah. going to be at this venue or that venue, I'm just going to take some time here, leave. Take some yeah. time here, go back home. Yeah. You know, because it's, it's always about being unpredictable sometimes to ensure your success and to ensure your security. Mm -hmm. Because if you're going to be the guy that shows up to every mic on this day, on this time, it's... You're not going to get better. You're just going to just, it's going to make you go crazy. You're going to get burnt out. I think a good friend told me that. That's why I started going to Greenville was because I wanted to, I wanted to go to some venues that I hadn't been to mm -hmm. and mix it up and wow. found a great comedy community in uh, Greenville. Mm -hmm. And I, I was enjoying that, you mm -hmm. know, to the max. Uh, and then all this COVID stuff uh, <laughs> happened. Uh, I mean, before we wrap it up, uh, uh, I hope everybody that that that, that hears this uh, uh, interview uh, appreciates my candor, mm -hmm. uh, appreciates uh, the fact that you know the majority of the the police officers out there they're they are they're they're just doing a job, just doing a just doing a job, and even on your best day, it's not the all you're running into is the worst people in society all the time. Very seldom are. Very seldom is a family sitting around wondering where to send their kids to college and they have to call 911. It's always something pretty bad. Yeah. And so you're constantly, I would say that the majority of the police that, that are out there now, uh, bless their hearts, uh, chances are they, they've got a good case of PTSD going for them. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I used to wake up screaming. Mm. Uh, when, I, when I was single uh, and, and, and dating different women, I would, if, I would have to... I would have to explain to them what it sounded like when I woke up screaming so it wouldn't scare them. Actually, it sounded like a little beagle dog. It was kind of cute. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of like, I would wake up, because I, I, I actually caught myself doing it one time. It was like, I was kind of like, whoa. What, what helped you? Because I don't know if you still do it now, but like, if there's like ways to where you can cope with it, and like, kind of, it's two of them. Can you, um, is there any ways that like, you found a way to like make peace with it or figure out different um, strategies. Time, 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 okay. time, time. Uh, time, time. It starts going away a uh, little by little uh, as time goes on. And it's not that you forget it. You, you just, you know, it starts to fade, uh, fade in, into the background. Whereas before it was in your face the whole time. Uh, unfortunately, uh, a lot of officers uh, would, would go the route of uh, alcohol, mm -hmm. uh, alcohol and drugs uh, in order to, to either cope with it or to be able to sleep. Wow. Just to be able to sleep. Wow. Yeah, because uh, you're so stressed out at the end of your shift that uh, just talking about it the way we have this last hour, I, I feel, you know, a little stress, you know. Uh, probably take it out on the car on the way back. Do you yeah. have any? So, do you have any vices outside of this? Or? Vices? Vices like things that you use to decompress, or you like uh, what, what calms down, Steve? Probably uh, chilling with my girlfriend mm -hmm. Ellen, uh, uh, sitting around, uh, having a few drinks, okay. uh, smoke a bowl. Okay. Wait, you actually you actually smoke weed? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Who does? Well, I mean, yeah. like, it's it's just, it's weird to hear a cop say that sometimes. <laughs> I smoke no, I, you'd be surprised, you'd be surprised how many cops are in favor of legalizing yeah. uh, a lot of the drugs. Wow. Uh, you'd, you'd probably be surprised. Well, think about it, it makes your job easier. Yeah. I mean, really, yeah. you know? 
uh, that's one less thing you got to worry about. Yeah. One less, you know, especially especially marijuana. It's 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 like I, I've never I've never been I've never been to a fight. Yeah. Where they said, "Holy shit, he's been smoking pot all night. Watch out." Okay. <laughs> it's always. Holy shit! He's, he's been crack. drinking. He's yeah, he's on crack. He's on coke. He's been well. Even if they just, even if they're just on on uh, on cocaine, crack or powder or whatever, they're usually manageable. It's when they've been drinking. Okay. Yeah. If, if the, the, the I, anybody I ever had to tussle with had alcohol on their breath, so you could be smoking pot, you could be doing uh, crack, you could be doing coke, but it's the alcohol that's going to make you act a fool up in here. Okay, and that's usually what happens. It's like. Drunk uncle. Oh, man. Drunk uncle, brother. This is wonderful, Steve. Thank you for being on. Not a problem, man. Not a problem at all. Not a problem. Wow, guys. That was such a great interview. You guys should subscribe. I make great content, like always. If you guys are looking for a sponsorship, please put it in my podcast. That would be sick. Also, subscribe because... Life is meaningless, and this is pretty entertaining. Um, I'm starting a GoFundMe for this to sound better. Um, it should be in the link of my page at In the Chair Pod to get a better mixer. Other than that, I hope you guys enjoyed the interview. Let me know your thoughts, or don't. You can do whatever you want. Actually, this is a free country. Um, but yeah, please. Subscribe if you enjoyed it, and make sure to share and review. Thank you.